happy Friday to all y'all. This is the show shaking up everything across the Southland. This is y'all talk with an accent on the South. John Rawl is my name, and I'll be piloting the ship over the next couple of hours as we give you plenty of news and sports and gossip and a lot of fun along the way. Thank you for taking time out to join us here on great radio stations across the South. Plus, we're on podcasts. Spotify. You can find us on there. Just search for Y'all Show. We're on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app, as well as Apple Podcast, Apple iTunes. And you can certainly find us at y'all.com, the South's homepage. Well, coming up on this Friday edition of Y'all, we've got headlines. Got a lot of political stories, frankly, to cover as we go through the news headlines of the day. From talking about Trump, of course, to Tommy Tuberville. Still in the news for what he's doing to hold up some of the military promotions. You also have a state senator in Georgia who's now moving forward in his effort to impeach the Fulton County DA, Fannie Willis. Got a story out of Atlanta on that. Now, outside of politics, how about this story? The leader or one of the leaders of the Southern Baptist Convention has resigned because they falsified their resume. I've got info on that. Auburn football coach Hugh Freeze talking about the Orr and Tui situation as Hugh Freeze back in the roughly 2005 time period was the head coach of Briarcrest Christian in Memphis and guess what Michael Orr played for him there at Briarcrest Christian and so we've got the comments that Auburn coach Hugh Freeze said about what's going on with both Michael Orr and the Tuies as he says he's likes and loves both of those parties we'll find out what he said on Wednesday, no, he said this on Thursday on the plains of Auburn, I'm sure he'd rather be talking about his Auburn football team but this is a big story right now and he is connected to that whole time period under under review if you will also this weekend in Arkansas it's the nation's largest Christian music festival, Amplify Fest going on, I'll let you know more about that event in the natural state. Plus, how would you like to be hired by Bucky's to go around and test Bucky's snacks? Well, there is an opening right now. Get your resumes out and get to Bucky's, the famous gas stations that are popping up across the southeast. And we also have in our fun of news today the latest Camp Bow Wow story. And Camp Bow Wow annually goes out and gives us a breakdown of the top large and small dog breeds and they've just come out they just released the 2023 breakdown I, w- I wouldn't call it a ranking it's based on actual numbers and we know who has the largest amount of a dog breed for the largest large dog and the most small dog breeds for this year thanks to camp bow wow roof roof we got all that coming up in our headlines today also sports news going on today we've got a transfer that's going to take over speaking of the auburn tigers a michigan state transfer is going to take over that program in 2023 as qb on the gridiron so we'll have info on that in our sports news today we had some preseason nfl games that went down on thursday including well i guess it was the only game but it was a noteworthy game. The game ended in a tie. Yes. I'll let you know about that Browns-Eagles game. Plus, we've got some games 
preseason NFL games taking place on this Friday and several set up for the weekend, including games Saturday, Sunday, and even a Monday night game that we'll discuss with you. Plus, I've got the breakdown of this weekend's Major League Baseball series taking place around the country. All that as part of our sports happenings of the South on this Friday. In this first hour, we have ICYMI coming up, and that's what we call In Case Y'all Missed It. And if you weren't around for Tuesday's Y'all Show, you really missed a humdinger because I had the Takapola Storyteller on, and he was discussing all of his many fist fights that he's been a part of in his life and how fist fights really aren't that bad of a thing. It would be much better if people started battling with their fist instead of pulling out handguns and shooting each other and shooting innocent people. I don't think too many innocent people get injured when there's a fist fight. I know there's some exceptions, but for the most part, fist fights are mano y mano. And so Jerry Short will be back here in our in our toward the end of this first hour. And he, we've got a rewind to where he was talking Tuesday on the Y'all Show during his Takapola Storyteller segment about fist fighting. But specifically, I'm going to pull up the section of that interview where I actually slapped the guy right here on the Y'all Show. And it was quite, <laughs> quite an event. I have never slapped anybody. And I did it right here on the Y'all Show. And you can hear the reaction. You can hear the... Yeah. Right there on his face. On his face. And you can hear that. And uh, and he, he wanted me to. That just might want to make sure I point that out before his legal team files a brief against me. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty wild. You, you just need to make sure you tune in later this hour for me hitting that guy right, right across the face, sort of. And I'll explain what I mean by that when you... Listen to the interview. That's coming up here toward the end of this hour. Hour two today, in addition to headlines across the southeast, our buddy Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group will be right back here with us. He'll set us up with what's going on on Wall Street this week and what to expect and all types of financial tips and advice coming from Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group in our Southern Financial Week recap, hour two. Plus, we have in the second hour today our Dixie Cinema feature. And there's a new movie hitting the theaters this weekend that's got the voices of Texas boy Jamie Foxx and California kid Will Ferrell. Strays is in theaters. And I think I'm going to be able to pull up a little interview clip promoting Strays that I'll play for you in our second hour today. And in our final hour of today's Y'all Show, we have our Friday Free for Y'all. We started off with a little David Lee Murphy sing-along. And then... This week, it was Elvis week in Memphis, and in honor of the king, it was about this same exact time in 1977, a couple of days after Elvis' death, that a guy from Portland, Tennessee, Ronnie McDowell, came up with a song called The King Is Gone. And I'm going to let you actually not only hear that famous 1970s song that launched Ronnie McDowell's country music career, but I'm going to let you hear an interview that he did with a wonderful YouTube channel called The Spa Guy. And The Spa Guy is a literally a spa guy. He owns a, a pool and spa type establishment in Hendersonville, Tennessee. And he went and found Ronnie McDowell and did a one-on-one interview that I'm going to play a portion of that interview here on the Y'all Show. And it's just, just a great, great 
interview about how Ronnie McDowell was so inspired by Elvis that he went out and wrote this song in the hours after finding out that Elvis had passed away and then ended up launching a a very successful music career for the Tennessee native McDowell. So we got Ronnie talking about the king in our Friday free for y'all. Then we have hashtag hullabaloo coming up in our final hour. Don't want to miss that as we have something about Georgia and flowers that you don't want to miss out. And then before we get out of here today in our final hour, we are continuing on with our Southern College football tour across the Southeast. We are now just days away from the start of the 2023 season. Next weekend, there will actually be actual college football games going on. And so we've been on a tour. This week, we started in Blacksburg. We featured Virginia Tech on Monday. Tuesday, it was all about Mississippi State. Wednesday, we featured a great school that is getting ready for a big season. And that school that we featured on Wednesday was the Tulane Green Wave, ranked number 24 in the country. On Thursday's Y'all Show, we featured the two-time defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. And today, going to do something a little bit different. Going to do a, a feature of an FCS school because this school really has come out of nowhere and ended up in the playoffs in 2022. They won their Southern Conference, which was the first time they'd won that back. It was the first time the Samford Bulldogs had won a conference title since the early 1930s. And Chris Hatcher's got quite a program there in the Birmingham area. And we're going to hear from the veteran head coach who came over to Sanford from Valdosta State. It's all about the Southern Conference's Sanford Bulldogs as part of our latest stop on our road tour, getting you ready for college football 2023. All that coming up in our final hour of today's Y'all Show. And again, if you want to connect to us here at the Y'all Show, you can drop us an email anytime. You can send it to mail, M-A-I-L, mail at Y-A-L-L dot com. That's mail, M-A-I-L, at Y-A-L-L dot com. Let's get into the news headlines of the hour and the big story that came out nationwide on Thursday heading into today's Y'all Show was the fact that President Donald Trump had announced earlier this week after he was indicted in Atlanta that he was going to have a, a counter-programming to the indictment by having a big news conference Monday in Bedminster, New Jersey. He was going to come out and lay out all the facts of just how corrupt, if you will, the 2020 election was, specifically in the state of Georgia. And he was going to do this at his golf club in Bedminster, New Jersey. Well, Thursday it comes out that Trump's going to delay that. He's not going to have that presser. He's not going to have that opportunity for his evidence to be shown to the world of just how wrong the investigation into his alleged interference of the election in Georgia in 2020 was. So what happened Thursday? Eh, maybe they're using some common sense within Trump world. The president and his legal team have decided that it's not a good idea to get out there and put it out there in front of the whole world right now. That would be better to do this in a legal setting, to do it perhaps in a trial. And so the president says he won't be holding this news conference to show this evidence of fraud in the 2020 election in Georgia. And President Trump saying, rather than releasing the report on the rigged and stolen Georgia 2020 presidential election on Monday, my lawyers would prefer putting this 
I believe, irrefutable and overwhelming evidence of election fraud and irregularities in formal legal filings as we fight to dismiss this disgraceful indictment. He put that out on social media, announcing the decision to not hold Monday's press conference about how he was going to put out the goods. He'd rather do this instead of his so-called major news conference that he had promised Monday. Federal and state election officials and Trump's own attorney general have said there is no credible evidence that the election was tainted. But Trump's got something else to say about it. And I'm wanting to see that myself. I'm sure we all do. What, what, what's he got? Is this all a bluff? Is he just trying to push the can down the road? In fact, I think I saw today a, a headline that Trump's legal team, at least on one of these indictments, is trying to push for a 2026 trial for one of the indictments. And they're likely to try to do that on all of them. How about that? If Trump ends up pushing these trials back and he were to be elected, you got a sitting president of the United States going into a trial? If he's guilty, let the hammer of justice come down upon him. But I don't know if that would happen or not. Again, I guess he, in some of these indictments, could potentially exonerate himself. I think. I don't know. I'm not a legal scholar, but Trump's not a legal scholar either. And at least he might be listening to some good advice instead of going out there trying to make a publicity stunt Monday. He wants to save the goods for a legal filing. We will keep our eye on that. Now, one of Trump's best acolytes right now is Alabama U.S. Senator Tommy Tuberville. And an update on that, as you may or may not have heard, Senator Tuberville, the longtime college football coach turned U.S. Senator, has been holding up the promotions of military leaders. And this standoff's been going on between Tuberville and the the Defense Department, including Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, and the Pentagon's deputy spokesperson said earlier this week there was no chance that the Pentagon would change its policy that provides paid leave and travel expense reimbursement for service members who need to cross state lines to obtain abortions and other health care issues. So they're putting their foot in the the sand from the military aspect and saying they're not reversing. And Senator Tuberville, meanwhile, is not reversing either. Tuberville's office fired back that the onus is on Lloyd Austin to end a confirmation blockade of senior generals and and admirals that's dragged into a sixth month. Tuberville has refused to consent to a unanimous voice vote in the Senate to confirm military nominees unless Lloyd Austin rescinds the reproductive health policy. A staffer for Tuberville said that Secretary Austin could end the holds today if he wanted to, but the Biden administration seems to think that illegally spending taxpayer dollars on abortion is more important than getting their senior military nominees confirmed. That is the trade-off that Secretary Austin has made every single day since this started. There are right now about 300 military officers that have not been confirmed including in that is the next chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. (laughs) And they're all kind of at hold. They're in D.C. because of Tommy Tuberville. And, hey, 
you got to give Tuberville some credit. He's standing firm. He's not having the unanimous consent to just broad brush all these military generals and admirals right into a promotion. Hey, I'm all for letting these people go and be thoroughly reviewed before they get promoted. Heck, okay, so you can't get unanimous consent. Get in there and have some kind of hearing and do it one by one. What else are these senators doing right now? And I think there are some military people, frankly, that probably shouldn't be promoted. Just because they've got a big giant bird on their collar doesn't mean they need to be a general. If they got one star, it doesn't always mean they need to automatically get that second star. Some of these people don't deserve promotions. That's in any business, okay? Not just in the military. God bless our military, but it's not a, a rite of passage. And unfortunately, I think too, time, too many times politics is a big factor in military promotions. That's what they tell me, at least. I better shut up before they come take my star away. <laughs> and uh, my name goes in front of Tommy Tuberville for unanimous consent. Let's do some state political news. A state senator in Georgia now is moving to impeach Fannie Willis, the Fulton County DA that impeached, or ra- rather indicted Donald Trump. There's a, just a slight difference between impeach and indictment. Um, Fannie Willis now, it looks like, may be the subject of a possible impeachment in Georgia. Senator Colton Moore in the state of Georgia moving to impeach the DA accusing the prosecutor of carrying out a political agenda against Donald Trump. A statement on social media from State Senator Colton Moore of Georgia said, As a Georgia state senator, I am officially calling for an emergency session to review the actions of Fannie Willis. America is under attack. I am not going to sit back and watch as radical left prosecutors politically target political opponents. Colton Moore also published a letter to the Georgia governor, Brian Kemp, to demand a special session be called to address the actions of Fannie Willis. Something tells me that's not going to go forward. I don't think Brian Kemp wants anything to do with a special session. (laughs) But yes, earlier in the week, Willis, the DA of Fulton County, indicting Trump and 18 others. We'll see if anything happens. Some Southern Baptist news to tell you about here on the Y'all Show. Tennessee Pastor Willie McLaurin, who leads the Southern Baptist Convention's Executive Committee, he resigned Thursday from his position as Interim President and Chief Executive. He resigned after it came to light that he presented false information about his educational qualifications on his resume. And now McLaurin has resigned. The executive team was considering McLaurin as a candidate to permanently replace former Chief Executive Ronnie Floyd. And on a resume that he submitted for the job, McLaurin falsely listed that he had earned degrees from North Carolina Central University, Duke University Divinity School, and Hood Theological Seminary. But McLaurin, some of that was falsified. McLaurin had served as the executive committee's interim leader since back in 2021, I think it was. 2022, rather. And he became the first black to lead one of the denomination's ministry entities in its more than 175-year history. The Southern Baptist Convention is the nation's largest Protestant denomination. And this guy ends up 
having some things on his resume that just didn't add up and has now resigned. I'm not sure where in Tennessee he is from. I'm sure he pastors a church in the volunteer states. Uh, but, but yes, some more controversy for the Southern Baptist Convention. And that is a quick look at some of our news headlines of the day right here on the Y'all Show. We will have more as we go forward, including what Auburn coach Hugh Freeze has to say about the whole Michael Orr versus Tui situation that's been a big news item this week. When we come back on Y'all, we've got a look at some Southern sports news and notes, including preseason NFL football. We had a game on Thursday night. We've got some on this Friday as well as throughout the weekend. We'll bring you up to speed on that. Plus, we also have an informational update on Major League Baseball. All that is right here on the show that shakes the Southland. We're y'all. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Mitchell, that song went to number one and stayed there for two weeks back in 1965. The late Roy Drusky, once a radio DJ in the Atlanta area, working at a station in Decatur, Georgia, and moved from there to making number one songs on the radio. Hmm, that's a pretty good thought. Maybe I should try that. No, I'm just kidding. Roy Drusky music right here on the Y'all Show on this Friday edition, covering all things Southern. Let's Move over from the news desk to the sports desk here in this segment and bring you up to speed. And we got some news from the Plains of Auburn as they've got a new starting quarterback. Hugh Freeze, the new coach, announcing that Peyton Thorne is going to be Auburn's starting QB in 2023. Thorne, a transfer from Michigan State as he beat out Robbie Ashford and the Tigers getting ready for their September 2nd season opener against the Minutemen of UMass. And so, yes, Thorne is going to have the reins there for the Auburn Tigers. He was a two-year starter for Michigan State. 
and Hugh Freeze said that that leadership that he had, as well as his efficiency throwing the ball, were the biggest factors in his winning the job at Auburn. He got to campus in June. Freeze adding that the reason that Peyton gets the nod is that leadership ability and his understanding of the offense as he's been in some really good battles and it seems like he was more efficient in decision making to this point not that the others were terrible by any means it was not a slam dunk I hope everyone will handle it right again a Michigan State transfer coming in to lead the Auburn Tigers in 2023 the other guy Ashford transferred from Oregon after the 2021 season and he was Auburn's starter for most of last season playing in all 12 games but right now the new guy on the block gets the nod Auburn has been shuffling three quarterbacks the last couple of years likely the best quarterback they've had in quite some time Bo Nix played there for a couple of years a legacy guy as his dad was also an Auburn Tiger football player Nix ends up leaving with all the problems they had in the previous football administration he leaves goes out to Oregon and guess what Bo Nix is a Heisman Trophy candidate for the Oregon Ducks this year the former starting quarterback from 2019 to 21 there on the Plains and he has a chance to win a Heisman perhaps for the Ducks then you got T.J. Finley who started out at LSU he was Auburn's starter to open last season and then Finley has now since transferred to the Bobcats of Texas State so a revolving door at quarterback and a revolving door frankly in coaches for Auburn University on the gridiron but Hugh Freeze now getting ready for his first season coaching Auburn football I think Hugh Freeze is now a grandfather too so he's had a lot of changes got a change of address got the new position with Auburn he's come back to life after being kicked out of the SEC when he was coaching at the University of Mississippi and Frankly, I thought there was an unofficial rule that he would not be allowed back into the SEC. That seems to have gone by if if it was indeed a rule. And here, the Mississippi native leading one of the top programs in the SEC, the Auburn Tigers, and got him a new quarterback, Peyton Thorne, for the new season. Auburn, again, has UMass as its opening opponent on September 2nd. The NFL is inching bit by bit closer to the start of the 2023 season. There were there's some games on the preseason schedule this weekend. In fact, they had a game on Thursday that I was going to tell you about as that game ended in a daggum tie. How is that possible? But I think with all the new rules and stuff of the NFL, the player union agreements, they have ties now in preseason games. Thursday night's game Cleveland was at the Philadelphia Eagles, and that game ended in an 18-18 tie. And there were a couple of really bad injuries for the Eagles, I think some neck injuries. So that's not good news there for Eagles fans going beyond the preseason. But Eagles-Browns ending in a tie there in Philly. On the docket on this Friday, you got the Falcons hosting the Bengals at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That's a 7.30 Atlanta time kick for that one. And then the other game, which will be on the NFL Network, kicking off at 7 Eastern, 6 Central. It's the New York football giants at MetLife Stadium 
hosting Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. That game is tonight, again, on the NFL Network. On Saturday across the NFL, some preseason action. you got early games going on from Ford Field in Detroit. The Lions and Jaguars get together early at 1 Eastern, 12 Central on the NFL Network. Also, mid-afternoon, Texans and Dolphins. Plus, you have in the evening hours, Steelers hosting the Bills in preseason action. Colts with their new quarterback that Anthony Richardson just announced this week he would take over that program. The Colts and the Bears in preseason action. Buccaneers and Jets. Patriots and Packers get together at Lambeau. And then in U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, the Vikings and Titans are together. Plus you have Cardinal, a lot of games Saturday. Cardinals and Chiefs get together in preseason fun. Plus 49ers and Broncos. Rams and Raiders in a battle of uh, old L.A. teams, if you will. And then you've got the Cowboys visiting Lumenfield in Seattle where they'll be playing the Seattle Seahawks. There's a game Sunday in the NFL in terms of preseason football as the L.A. Chargers have the New Orleans Saints coming into SoFi Stadium. And we have a Monday night football set up this week as the Washington Redskin Commanders welcome in their neighbor from just down the road, the Baltimore Ravens come over to FedEx Field in Landover, and that's your Monday night football game that will be on ESPN. And that's a full weekend of NFL fun. Hopefully they all don't end up in ties like we saw the Browns and Eagles enjoy on Thursday. As far as Major League Baseball, the weekend series this weekend include the battle of the biggest rivalry in Major League Baseball. The Red Sox will be in the Bronx taking on the Yankees this weekend. The Kansas City Royals will be in the Windy City taking on the Northsiders as the Cubs and Royals get together for a weekend series. Rangers welcome in the Brewers in an interleague battle. The Nats have the Philadelphia Phillies coming into the nation's capital. The Big Red Machine and Toronto have an interleague battle there on the banks of the Ohio. The Guardians have their neighbor, their great latest neighbor coming in. Detroit comes over to Cleveland for a battle against the Indian Guardians. Then you have the Minnesota Twins and Pittsburgh Pirates getting together in the land of a thousand lakes. Houston and Seattle get together in Houston. St. Louis Cardinals and the New York Mets have a weekend series. The Bravos and the San Francisco Giants play in Atlanta this weekend. The Colorado Rockies and the Chicago White Sox with the nice interleague battle there in the Mile High City. You also have the Padres going up against the Arizona Diamondbacks this weekend. Oakland welcomes in the Baltimore Orioles, leaders, by the way, of the American League, Baltimore Orioles. The Rays will be in Los Angeles to take on the L.A. Angels, and another Florida team comes to L.A. this weekend, the Miami Marlins will be in Los Angeles taking on the Los Angeles Dodgers. And that's your weekend series across Major League Baseball. And that's also a look at what's going on sports-wise across the Southeast here on the Y'all Show. We'll take this time out and come back after the break with a I-C-Y-M-I in case y'all missed it. And earlier in the week on the Y'all Show, Jerry Short, the Takapola storyteller, and I got together and I slapped him on the face. And you can hear it for yourself as we have that encore. And it's coming up right after this.
Second number one career single, What Part of No, from 1993 on the BNA Records imprint. Hello, this is y'all. Talk with an accent on all things Southern with your boy, John Rawl. We're wrapping up the week here on this Friday edition, having a, a dang good time. At least we hope you are. I am. There's no reason you can't join the y'all show fun team, too. <laughs> so, on this show on Fridays, we like to look back in this segment and maybe a fun feature from earlier on our past episodes of the y'all show throughout the week and today on icymi in case y'all missed it we're going to take you to tuesday with our old friend the takapola storyteller jerry short he was on with me and we had quite the memorable interview and it was historic i know that gets thrown about a lot these days historic but this truly was a historic interview when we had him on Tuesday because I slapped a guy. I have never hit a person in my life until this interview that we did this week. And so here on today's Y'all Show, we got to play this again. And so I'm going to let you hear my conversation with Jerry. This conversation involves fist fighting. Jerry's been a bit of a scrapper through his days he has been in countless fights and i'll be honest with you almost every single one of them did not involve alcohol a lot of them didn't involve a woman fighting over a woman i don't know what they were over i think a lot of them actually had something to do with sports that was a big part of some of these fights that he had throughout the years and Machismo was a, another one there. That the bravado of being a uh, a guy, I'm sure, had a whole lot to do with it. But Jerry and I had this discussion on our Tuesday y'all show, of which you can go back into our archives and find in its entirety at Spotify, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app, plus Apple Podcasts and Apple iTunes. That's where you can find the y'all show podcast and hear this entire interview and any of our y'all shows. Frankly. But we're going to go back now to Tuesday and hear Jerry talking about fighting. And then you're going to hear me in this clip. I won't say punch, but uh, slap him. He asked for it. I did it. I just follow orders here, y'all. And so here is that conversation with the Takapola storyteller from earlier in the week here on the on the y'all show. I hope my mom's not listening. She would be like, why would you hit that guy? Well, it's because he told me to. I'm sorry, Mama. Yeah, I had a, uh, let's say he wasn't my best buddy, but I was 18, and uh, I was in Louisiana, in Thibodeau, Louisiana, and had a, one of the guys that worked on the pipeline had been sentenced to 198 years in the in the state pen of, par, of parchment. And the way you get sentenced to 198, of Mississippi. Oh, okay. But he was out on parole again. Okay. And he got out on parole when he was sentenced to an, uh, 
to a 100-year sentence, okay? I mean, to a 99-year well, sentence. What did he do? Something to do with, uh, I think he got into it with his wife and maybe physically or something. So he got 99 years. But he was so good over there, and he was a heck of a fighter, boy. He looked like Jerry Lee Lewis with that long hair. He'd sling it back over his head. And so he'd go to a bar constantly. When we got off the pipeline at night down there and I was 18, we'd go straight to a bar, and I'd go with him, but I'd sit there and drink Coke. And that'd be a, he'd be at the other end gambling or doing something like that. So anyway, he 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 rode a horse off of uh, at, at that time the state penitentiary was a working farm. It paid for itself. Mm-hmm. You could pick cotton and do all this. But they had trustees that rode horses. He rode a horse, but he escaped on the horse. <laughs> so they sent him they sentenced him to another ninety nine year sentence. So that's how he gets this hundred and ninety eight years. It just a Dang, Miles, how many years you got? And he said, 198. I said, yeah. so anyway. Well, what's he of, doing out of prison, well, period? They just set him out on parole because he really never had done anything severe. They just sentenced him to a lot of years. And uh, so we're down in Louisiana, which he had broke parole. Anyone supposed to leave the state of Mississippi. Yeah, I was about to say. And so uh, we're down there, and it, it, I could be sitting at the far end, and it's would say, uh, hey, come out here. Come, come down here and hit me, short. Come on down here. And he'd be in a fight. He'd be in a fight with seven or eight people down there. And that old hair would be slinged up in the top, you know. And mm-hmm. and I went down that way, and this guy stepped out of that crowd that he was with, uh, tied up with. And he hit me right in the face and the nose, and blood come down both. You both. didn't instigate no, him? No, I come back. But it didn't take him but about four or five really good licks to lay me across the counter in that bar. And they don't care down there in those bars back in 1964. They could just let them do what you want to do. In Louisiana. Know? In Louisiana then. We didn't have a bar. We didn't even have beer. You know, we didn't have anything up here yeah. in North Mississippi then. But, uh, yeah, he beat me up pretty good. And, uh, and I had a knot over one eye, and I had a cheek that was kind of split open, and then my nose was smashed and all. So, uh, yeah, it, it happens both ways. You know, if you can't, if I couldn't get to a person... To get them around the neck and put them on the ground. Well, see, that's not really fighting. I don't. It is if you want to win, and okay. I wanted to win. Okay. I didn't want no more of that stuff like I just told you about. The best way to not get that kind of stuff is to put the guy down and then do your damage to him, and he's the one it looks like you do when you get up and walk off smiling. I mean, there's the. I guess what you're saying is, when it comes to having a fist fight, there's no gentleman. It's no. It's like no I said honor. earlier. It's not like you're on a sandbar in the dang before the Civil War doing uh, pistol duels, you know. Okay. You don't do that. If you're going to fight somebody, fight to win the doggone thing. My daddy taught me that. And, okay. uh, and you know, he said, don't get involved in one of these situations if you're not going to take care of it. Best thing to do is don't get involved if you can't whip them. So you always got to think you could whip somebody. Even if you couldn't, you had to think it. And a lot of times a bluff goes further than an actual fight. But I know I was in a bar in Louisiana one time in New Orleans. We're talking with the Takapola storyteller real quick here on the Y'all Show. Go ahead. Yeah, and I had this thing when I was in. No, a, I don't want to make you mad. You might punch me. No, I'm not. I'm through punching. But I, except for these teeth that got knocked out in Philadelphia. Yeah, a while but that back. was just recently. I know it. That's the last fight what I hope I've ever been. But uh, any, anyway, I was in a bar in Bourbon Street, and uh, well, the, everybody was drinking, and I was sitting up there, but. In the Special Forces, we had this thing where we would slap each other in the face as hard as we could. Why? Well, it was just kind of training to take a little pain and stuff, you okay. know. Like if you, I don't know if it's Mike or show it, 
But I mean, it still don't really hurt me. God, what an idiot. He just literally knocked himself upside down. I didn't feel that because I was trained not what to feel it. What if I did it to you? No, I wouldn't feel it. You go ahead and hit me. Hard as you want to. That was pretty, <laughs> that was pretty hard. You knocked the mic off and, I, and my ear. My ear's still ringing, man. I don't think I've ever slapped a man before. But you just, you just did me pretty good. I only give you credit for that one. You like that? That was a, not only that again. You feel good? No, not again. I'd have to wrestle you. Now, if I didn't hit you on the nose, would your nose start bleeding? Oh, that already would. Okay. Because you really hit me hard. I'm sorry. Well, you I, told me to. I, I wanted it. Yeah, I, I asked for it. I got what I asked. To call. Yeah, it feels good. I, I, Love I, it. Yeah. <laughs> But I know, I know I'm sorry. No, no, for sorry. But but, but but anyway, I got to slapping myself like you just did me, and uh, I got to slapping myself at the bar because those people had gotten smart, Alec, in there. And I said, uh, "Okay, yeah, come on, I'll take care of any of y'all, anybody in your one on one, anybody in your one on one." And I got four or five well wishers that wanted one on one. Luckily, I put them all down. Yeah, but uh, the rest of them didn't come. Because I slapped myself so many times. They said, oh, this fool's slapping himself. We're not going to jump him, you know, period. So, you know, that's where I think that, uh, you know, bluff goes a heck of a long way sometimes. And that's when I started doing it to start with, you know. Yeah. And uh, when it's a real big bunch, like I've had uh, jumping you in stadiums. You stadium. said 10 versus 1. Well, that was the Memphis police on me. Yeah, and I know you've done a lot of I've sports stuff. That, we, we, yeah. We've talked about that yeah. before. We'll talk about it again in case yeah. you don't it, but not well, today. Well, no, no, it's just fine. But uh, and I wouldn't recommend anybody fighting. This was back in the '60s when it was a kind of a thing that you did. You know, I mean, we all had boxing gloves. I had boxing gloves at home. Oh yeah, my daddy would box me and teach me how to box. And then I, my best friend, the one I uh, wanted to fight when they drew the uh, line in the sand. He always had a set of boxing gloves. Football, we had if you got in a, if you got to uh, a little rough with each other in football practice, we had a coach that's still alive. It lives in this town. He coached at Mississippi State once upon a time, and uh, was a head coach. He would put boxing gloves on you after practice. The two of you that got into it in practice, and you'd go up to the uh, training room in the in the dressing room, and you would fight it out, and he'd watch you and make you do it. So, I mean, it was just a way of life. People boxed then. That friend of mine's daddy, like my daddy, had won that uh, uh, regimental uh, division of boxing championship in Germany. This friend of mine's daddy during the Depression, uh, during the hard time, I think during the Depression because his daddy was older, he would go to Chicago and fight in those rings in Chicago to make money to live on back down here. Wow, what a conversation with the Takapola storyteller all about fighting. And yeah, I'm not kidding. I punched that guy. Eh, more of a slap. And uh, my wrist yeah, kind of still hurts. I should sue him because he wanted me to do it. And I wonder if he's still hurting because I, I, I put a lot of pressure into that face of his. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoyed that. That, again, is our Takapola storyteller, Jerry Short. And that was from on our Tuesday show where he was on... And that today, part of our ICYMI, in case y'all missed it. Well, that wraps up this hour of the Y'all Show. We've got a whole other hour coming up, including Paul Hare with the Hare Financial Group. going to come by in hour two to talk about the week in Southern Finance. All that right here on the show that shakes the Southland.
and we are back on y'all with another hour of conversation about the southeast if you've got a little southern in your talk then you are right at home right you on the y'all show and if you're a southerner at heart well come on in of course and then if you're a southern hater you just need to sit over there and listen and i'll guarantee you'll enjoy hearing all about what's going on across the south on this friday edition you can drop us an email, M-A-I-L, mail at Y-A-L-L dot com. Mail at y'all dot com is the way to reach us here at y'all. You also can text us. we got a number you can text 24 hours a day, 615-208-4184. All for the program that shakes the Southland. We're the Y'all Show. we got Paul here. He'll be on with us in just a few minutes with his look at Wall Street and other Southern financial goings on. Paul Hare coming up in our second segment. And before we get out of here today, in the second hour at least, we've got our Dixie Cinema feature. And there is a new movie that's got the voices of Jamie Foxx and Will Ferrell hitting theaters this weekend. It's called Strays. Ought to be pretty funny. And we'll spotlight that in the other new releases of the weekend in our Dixie Cinema feature. And a reminder coming up in our final hour today, we've got a tribute to Elvis Presley with Ronnie McDowell's The King is Gone. We'll have that at the start of hour three. Plus, we've got a look at hashtag Hullabaloo and some fun with Georgia Flowers. And we also will be spotlighting the Samford Bulldogs of the FCS ranks as Samford is your defending Southern Conference champions. So, will Samford be able to get another SOCON title in 2023? We will discuss. We will hear from the head coach of the Dogs, Chris Hatcher, and we'll talk about Samford. Sam, not Stan, the mighty school out of Homewood in the Birmingham area. We'll have that. We've been talking college football for the last couple of weeks. We've had big features already this week on Virginia Tech, Mississippi State, Tulane, and those Georgia Bulldogs. And now today, it's the Samford Bulldogs. Yes, all that right here on Y'all Talk with an Accent on the South. Let's dive into the news headlines here of this second hour of our show, all about what's going on across the Southeast. And the big story nationwide that came out of Thursday was that President Donald Trump has decided to hold off on his, quote, big announcement that he was going to have Monday at Bedminster in New Jersey as he was going to put out there all the evidence of fraud in the Georgia presidential election. That was his aim on Monday to do that. However, Thursday, perhaps cooler heads got to President Trump and President Trump announcing, quote, rather than releasing the report on the rigged and stolen Georgia 2020 presidential election on Monday, my lawyers would prefer putting this, I believe, irrefutable and overwhelming evidence of election fraud and irregularities in formal legal filings as we fight to dismiss this disgraceful indictment. That from President Trump, as he put that on his Truth Social site on Thursday, reversing his decision to have a Monday press conference to dispute what happened Monday of this week when Fannie Willis, the DA of Fulton County, put out an indictment against him and 18 others. We'll find out how the Trump team does move forward with their effort to 
dispute what Fannie Willis and all the other indictments he's got. I mean, he's got four different big-time legal problems currently. And if you really think about it, I guess he's got five when you factor in the E.G.E. Gene Carroll lawsuit. He's got that. He's got the Letitia James, New York. Trump needs to maybe think about having his own law firm, the Trump firm. Yeah, hey, that's a good idea. Why not? He's got plenty of business at the Trump law firm for sure. Other stories across the Southeast today. I want to let you know that Auburn head football coach Hugh Freeze was asked Thursday about this ongoing situation that popped up this week about Michael Orr, who played for him at Briarcrest Christian in Memphis. And also, they were on the same football team at the University of Mississippi when Orr was a player for Ed Orgeron at uh, the Rebel Black Shark, Rebel Black Bear Sharks uh, of Mississippi back in the mid-2000s. And Hugh Freeze was on the coaching staff there in Oxford. Michael Orr, this week, claimed that he never got paid by the Tuies for the blind side and that essentially he had never been officially adopted by the blind side, by the Tuies, in a movie called The Blind Side that portrayed all of that, that gave, became an Oscar-winning movie. So today I'm reporting what Hugh Freeze was asked Thursday, Hugh Freeze, again, who coached at Memphis's Briarcrest Christian School and ultimately would go on to be at the University of Mississippi before he would leave there to go be the head coach of the Lambeth Eagles in Jackson, Tennessee, then would ultimately be Arkansas State's head coach, then Mississippi's coach, got fired, got hired at Liberty, now is coaching Auburn. So this week at his press conference at Auburn, he's asked about the whole Ower, Sean Tui, Leanne Tui situation. And this is a coach now at Auburn that knew these people back in Orr's high school days. And Freeze at this press conference Thursday said that he loved Michael Orr. He said he's like part of our family. And I love the Tuies. I think it's sad. I certainly don't claim to understand all the ins and outs of adoption, conservatory, all of that. But I know what I witnessed. And I witnessed a family that totally took in a young man and I think without that, there is no story. That's what Hugh Freeze said. I'm sure he had other things he'd rather be talking about. But that Blindside movie made more than a th- uh, $300 million at the box office when it came out in 2009. And Michael Orr is out this week saying that the Tuies negotiated that film deal, which paid the Tuies and their birth children $225,000 in addition to 2.5% of the movie's defined net proceeds. That's a lot of money. And Michael Orr, who went on to play in the NFL, made some money, but he didn't make $300 million. (laughs) And this was a story about him, the blind side. We'll keep our uh, update on this if anything more comes. But again, Hugh Freeze asked about it there on the plains of Auburn on Thursday. And we felt like we wanted to share that info with you here on the Y'all Show today. The nation's largest Christian music festival is going on in Arkansas this weekend. It is called Amplify Fest, and it's going to be in Benton, Arkansas. The co-founder of this event, Josh Turner. I don't think it's the same guy that's a country music star, but... 
Turner said this year they are expecting approximately 40,000 attendees of this Christian music festival in Arkansas. And it's going to be a very, very big time in Saline County and in Benton, Arkansas for this event, which gets underway at 3 p.m. on this Friday. It goes all the way throughout Friday and Saturday. And you can check out, there's three Grammy Award winning artists performing for Amplify Fest in Arkansas this weekend. And I'm clicking over to the schedule. They've got Chris Tomlin, Nick Hall, Casting Crowns, Passion, Natalie Lynn, or rather, right, Natalie Lane, Cade Thompson, Consumed by Fire, and a bunch of others all showing up at Amplify Festival, the largest Christian music festival in the country. And it's in Benton, Arkansas this weekend. Get your tickets now. How about this job if you're looking for a new job? Bucky's, the famous Texas gas station operation that's now expanding beyond Texas's borders. They have a new job, and you could apply for this job. The Texas's Bucky's is looking to pay a hungry traveler $1,000 to taste test and review 25 popular foods from Bucky's. The taste tester position is not affiliated with Bucky's, but the store is already they're, they're already having people enjoy their brisket and clean restrooms, according to their marketing and communications team. If you want to apply, the requirements include living near or be willing to travel to a Bucky's location, be willing to try almost any snack. You got to be 18 and be able to document the experience through written product reviews and photographs. Huh. Okay, maybe it's not a full-time job. Maybe I'm not ready for a career change quite yet. But for a thousand dollars, you could get to be a Bucky's taste tester if you're interested. So keep that in mind. How about that brisket from Bucky's? And in our last headline of the hour, want to let you know about Camp Bow Wow. Every year, this website comes out with their unveiling of the top large and small dog breeds in the country. And we can tell you that the results have just come in from Camp Bow Wow, which is North America's largest doggy daycare and boarding franchise. And they have come out with their list that shows the purebred dog registrations of the country. And in this breakdown of dogs, we can tell you the top ones. Okay, so are you ready? The Labrador Retriever is the number one large dog, and the Miniature Poodle, the number one small dog. All this in celebration of National Dog Day, which is coming up on August 26th. And this Camp Bow Wow is promoting, in honor of Camp, uh, in honor of National Dog Day, all of these dog types and more. They've got this database coming from nearly 400,000 pets that stay at Camp Bow Wow. And the top small dog breeds, I can tell you that miniature poodles are the largest, followed by a Chihuahua is number two, Shih Tzu three, Beagle four, and the Yorkshire Terrier is the fifth, fifth most popular small dog breed for 2023. And if I can pull up the data here, I'll tell you what the the big boys are for 2023, the large dog breeds. But that graphic's not pulling up for some reason. 
I can tell you, though, it's going to be a beautiful dog, no matter the case there, for Camp Bow Wow. I, I don't know if I've seen a Camp Bow Wow near me, but if I'm a dog, you'd be a lucky dog to get that kind of pampering there at this Colorado-based company and their various locations across the country for doggy daycare. Really, it's doggy overnight care. And again, the miniature poodle, number one for the small dogs. The Labrador Retriever, your number one big dog as far as the top breeds in the country from Camp Bow Wow. And that is a breakdown of some fun here on the Y'all Show and our news headlines. When we come back on Y'all, we're going to switch over and we'll be barking up a storm with Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group as he's going to be dropping by with a look at some of the latest trends on Wall Street, what's going on there and more. It's our Southern Financial Report and it's coming up next. Again, if you want to get involved with the Y'all Show anytime, you can drop us an email, M-A-I-L mail at y'all.com and this Friday edition of the show all about the South will be right back. on y'all and it's time now to switch over from all the fun that we've had to the fun of making money and Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group comes by on this day of our y'all show Fridays to talk about what's been going on on Wall Street and more and we go to the y'all show hotline to welcome in Paul here on this Friday hello Paul are you there Paul hello well Maybe Paul will come back to us here. So we have this opportunity to visit with him about what's going on on Wall Street and more each and every Friday that we get together here on the show that shakes the Southland. And, hey, it is amazing the information that he brings when the Hare Financial Group, which you can give them a call at 731-664-0047 and find out how Paul, perhaps through his insurance and investment agency, can be of assistance to you as they do a fantastic job. Been doing a great job for a long, long time, the Hare Financial Group. And so it, it's a great time for me. I mean, I know personally I'm not the world's savviest financial guy, so having somebody like Paul come on really helps me out. And, Paul, do we have you now? Well, you got me now. Well, all right. Well, they were trying to get in the way, but nope, that's not going to happen. Ho- hope you're doing well, sir. Doing fine. Uh, had a sick dog last night, uh, and stayed up. You know, uh, their their family, their kids, and 
we had a two-year-old dog get spaded, and she was sick all night long. And I woke up about uh, 6.45 and knew I couldn't make it in. So, Well, we are glad to have you and take care of that dog. What type Hell of dog? Yeah. At least if we're going to shout it out, we got to give the, the type and, and, and name. All right. Her name is Lola, and she's an Australian cattle dog. Uh-huh. So she's normally she's normally wired for sound, but right now she's curled up on the couch with a head on a pillow and covered in a blanket, snoozing. She's sleeping. Okay. I'm not. All right. No, you're not. We're glad you're not because we want to find out what's going on with money and more. So how was the week on Wall Street? Well, uh, it was the started off the first of the week, the best of times, and it's ended up as the worst of times. Sounds like the start of uh, Tale of Two Cities. But uh, we're seeing a third straight loss. We saw that the inflation number was uh, down overall, but higher than what the Fed liked. <clears throat> so Jay Powell comes out and says, well, that, that, we may not just do one rate increase and then take a step back. Where may There are more on the table. So with more on the table means very simply the uh, market reacted people are going to cash they're taking what profits they do have from uh, last june till now and because uh, if you take a look at that period the s p 500 is up over what's up was it was this year up over 13 percent so uh, people are taking what profit they have on the table moving it to cash uh, we're seeing a lot of people move to the five-year and the two-year uh, notes, and uh, we're even seeing some. I've got uh, a five-year money paying 5.6% guaranteed every year for five years, and I now have a six-year money paying 6.75% guaranteed for six years. So we're seeing a lot of flight to safety uh, just because of what's going on. Now, do I agree with pulling all of it off the table? No. Uh, but people um, are having a, nerd, a knee-jerk reaction to it. So that's what we're seeing going on right now. The economy is doing well. We've seen uh, industri- uh, manufacturing orders up. We've seen all that going on. Uh, the wages are strong. Uh, again, we're seeing some uh, in, uh, recession in certain areas, but not here locally. Um, we heard Ford announce uh, over the last week that they're going all going in with all hybrid. They're not going totally EV, but they're kind of backing off like Toyota and saying we're going all hybrid. We will make EV. So we're seeing movement in that area, but right now. Uh, when Jay Powell speaks, rate increases, the market, kind of like the old E.F. Hutton. When E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. Well, when Jay Powell speaks, people are listening. So, Paul, I want to ask you about EVs in a second, but Jay Powell gets a lot of press these days. And as Fed chairman in the past, let's say we rewind 10, 15, 20 years, was the was the Fed chairman in the news as much as Jay Powell is? Oh yeah, he was okay. Or he or oh, she? Oh yeah. Take a look. Well, all right, you take a look at Darren Reagan. I, w- I wish I could remember the guy's name, Darren Reagan, but he got a lot of press, and uh, 
some of Reagan's uh, staff raised Kane about that, and he said, "Look, uh, I learned one thing as an actor: if you know, you may have top billing, but what sells the movie is your supporting actor. Don't gripe." Uh, so, uh, and even under W. Uh, I'll tell you one thing, Clinton was smart, H.W. was smart, they kept that uh, Fed chairman uh, from Reagan's years, uh, the one under W. was smart, uh, we had 2008 hit, and uh, really, uh, the Obama administration kept the country from going bankrupt but he set up kind of set up what we have going on now um but yeah jay powell the reason jay powell's getting a lot of press is because remember you and i've talked about this there's four ways to fight inflation and and biden's only given powell one you know he's only got one arrow in his quiver and that's all he can shoot you know is that one arrow of raising interest rates he, he can't get any help from the energy side. He's not getting any help from uh, the supply side. And we've created the wage monster ourselves. So, you know, this is where we sit. So, yeah, he's getting a lot of press. And really, I think Jay Powell is trying to do the best he can. Um, but there again, I was in a, I was in a conference call. Uh, Monday, and they brought up what Muhammad El Arian said in 2009. Everybody wants to go back to the norm. Well, this is the new norm, and the old norm is gone. You know, it is gone. He he even made a comment giving the old cheers. He said, "Nobody's going. You know, we don't need Norm walking in the door." And everybody said, "Norm," you know. He said, point blank, this is the new norm, and this is what we've got to deal with. So I think trying to get a 2% inflation based off the history of the 60, you know, uh, inflation from 1940 up till the uh, 2008, you know, a 2% inflation, I just don't think it's doable under the, the situation we've got now unless you start affecting wages. Yeah. And you do that, then you're not going to be popular. But anyhow, hey, that's... Tapping into your, your Reagan years, so there were two Fed chairmans during the Reagan presidency, Paul Volcker and Alan Greenspan. All right, Greenspan. Volcker, um, it was Greenspan that kept Reagan looking good, H.W. looking good, and Clinton looking good. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't... I wanted to say Volcker, but I knew he was short term, and I had a brain moment on, yeah. you know, on Greenspan. That should have been easy to remember. But Greenspan, if you take a look, he kept the economy. Regard, I mean, and H.W. was smart. Carville told Reagan, I mean, told uh, Clinton, uh, "You better leave him alone." Because we, cre- and he said this: the Democrats created the mess of, you know, read my lips, no new taxes, and forcing H.W. to raise taxes. He said, but what kept the economy from collapsing was Greenspan. So, uh, 
you know that he he and you take a look at it greenspan kept the economy going so yep and following greenspan got to give a shout out to dillon south carolina's own ben bernacki who was the yep. Fed chairman for about eight years there before Janet Yellen succeeded him, and now we got Jay Powell, Fed chairman, talking not to Jay Powell today, but we got Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group. But I would rather talk to you than Jay Powell, Paul. Well, I don't know about that, you know, but thank you. <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask you about EVs real quick. You mentioned that Ford announced they were going to stay away from going full throttle into the EVs. They want to do more of the the hybrid yes what's the justification for that well uh if you take a look at recently what the ceo said of he did a tour with the ford lightning truck going across and uh he admitted we got a problem the challenge is charging is charging the vehicle and the other problem is like tesla find out you can't haul you can haul stuff but you you won't be able to haul it very far. Hmm. Uh, you know they they find out once you load that truck down and you uh, start hauling, it's got a range of less than a hundred miles. So I think what you're going to see is uh, the, the the hybrid is going to be the strong thing. Toyota said this. You know they, you've heard me say this, John. Uh, they asked for Toyota why they're not going full EV, and they said, because we know our customers. Our customers do not want to plan their vacation to charging stations. So um, that's why they're going in full throttle on the hybrid, and that's why Ford is. Um, Chevy or GM, they're going to make EVs, but they're, they're going to they – I don't know many hybrids they'll make. I have not seen any. Uh, but they're going to keep the diesel and the gasoline engine. So, you know, and so is Chrysler. Mm. And a lot of these car manufacturing companies have investments, big-time investments scattered throughout the southeast. So that's do you see that being a big delay tactic now that Ford's going to use and these other car makers using when they say they're going to switch over from being fully electric to hybrid? No, I don't. I, I think with like with Blue Oval and uh, what's going on, the big battery company, uh, big battery plant outside of uh, Elizabethtown, Kentucky, they're going to continue that. They're going to do that. I could see them uh, possibly putting in a hybrid line at Blue Oval uh, until they get this figured out with uh, the char- you know, the charging situation and the battery life. Um, take a look at what you remember the Saturn plants you know the GM retooled every one of them to make a GM product you know uh, outside of Nashville and you know you're seeing more car more uh, manufacturing car manufacturing plants coming south because let's face it our energy is cheap you know uh, TVA has one of the lowest you may not believe it. I mean, people don't believe this when they get their energy bill, but uh, TVA has the lowest electrical cost per kilowatt in the United States and possibly even in the world. I think uh, there's a place in Washington State that is on the same 
cost level as TVA. So, um, you know, it's, it's, you're, that's why you're seeing it. And you got to remember, TVA services what? North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, Kentucky. A bunch. Uh, yeah. Look at all the states they service. So, hmm. you know, uh, Rolling on the River, Credence Clear Rock, Water, Revival song has a lot of meaning to TVA. <laughs> okay, I was wondering where you were going with that, Paul. Um, did I just hear a canine bark in the background? Yes, she did. She's uh, letting me know she wants to eat. She can right. wait. Well, we're supposed to feed, feed her until afternoon. Oh, so. uh, okay. All right. Well, Lola, right? That's the name? Lola. Lola, you're going to have to wait for just a second. Let me remind everybody, Paul Harris with the Hare Financial Group. You can give him a buzz at 731-664-0047. And, again, Paul does a great job with not only investments but insurance questions and more. You can give him a call, 731-664-0047. What do we expect here as August continues on and we get ready for Labor Day, Paul, from a financial standpoint? Well, right now we're probably we were hoping to see more stability in August. Uh, we're probably going to see until uh, see what Jay Powell says over the next two weeks. But we're going to see a leveling out of the market. Uh, we're probably going to have one, maybe two more days of downturn. Uh, so, to my clients that are worried about their monthly check coming in, don't worry; that won't be affected one iota by the economy just you know your your play money we may not be able to do some of the things we want to do but uh, as far as eating living thriving and surviving uh you gonna have more than enough money to do that so um but really i we could see powell raise rates two more times this year the pause that we were hoping for in September may is I'd say it's a sixty percent chance it's off the table. Hmm. It's off the table. So we'll we will see what happens next. So Paul Hare going on. Paul Hare and Lola, thank you both for your time on this Friday edition of the Y'all Show. And both of you have a great weekend. And Paul, if you don't mind, give me your little your little tag here. All right. Well, I'm Paul Hare. I'm a registered rep of Securities America, SIPC. And Lola says, have a good weekend, too. All right. Well, thank you, Lola. Roof, roof. Hey, thank you very much, Paul. Have a great weekend. And when all right, we, you too. All right. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we've got to look at the new movies. Speaking of Lola, there is a new movie called Strays that's got Will Ferrell and Jamie Foxx. I'll tell you all about that when we come back and the other releases hitting theaters on what could be a good weekend at the box office. All that is right ahead on The Y'all Show.
Mamel's little daughter, Pam Tillis, and the fifth single from her incredible 1991-1992 Arista album, Put Yourself in My Place. That song, Blue, and, and listen closely, this is this is a song here that's got three words. It's not Blue Roses, it's Blue Rose I-S, Blue Rose Is, from Pam Tillis. That followed, maybe it was Memphis on the charts. Some 90s country for you here on the Y'all Show as we do a good job, I think, of uh, giving you the rest of the story of what's going on, including what's going on with movies. And this weekend, a few new selections hitting the box offices across the southeast. And we'll let you know that this weekend you can go out and see Rift Tracks Live Rad. I have no idea about what that's about, but it looks like something... That's in a limited release form, but Riff Tracks Live, rad. Okay, I told you about it. Next up, maybe I can tell you a little bit more about this one. It's a comedy that stars Kevin Hart and Colleen Camp and Tiffany Haddish. It's called Back on the Strip, and it's brand new this weekend in box offices. Back on the Strip is about how a young man moves to Las Vegas to pursue his dream of being a magician, only to end up joining a male stripper group <laughs> now that sounds pretty fun i should have mentioned jb smooth is in this one too chris spencer directs back on the strip out this weekend rated r also hitting theaters this weekend blue beetle an action adventure sci-fi film that is uh, got some actors i've never heard of an alien scarab whatever the heck that word means a better pull out my dictionary an alien scarab scarab chooses college graduate jamie rias to be its symbolic or symbiotic host bestowing the teenager with a suit of armor that's capable of extraordinary and unpredictable powers forever changing his destiny as he becomes the superhero oh yeah the superhero known as blue beetle this action-adventure sci-fi film in theaters this weekend, Blue Beetle. And as promised, let me pull up this word, Scarab, which I've never seen in me life. And I need to know what it means, so bear with me. A Scarab is a noun. It means a large dung beetle of the eastern Mediterranean area regarded as sacred in ancient Egypt. Okay, I don't feel so bad about knowing are not knowing what an ancient beetle from Egypt is. But I did not I do not recall learning that one back in kindergarten, that word. Blue beetle out this weekend. And lastly, our new release also to tell you about for this weekend at the box offices of the Southeast, it's the movie Strays. And this one's got some famous people involved in it as Strays has the voices of Will Farrell and Jamie Foxx. And it combines 
dogs and human beings. It's not a cartoon. It's, I don't even know what they call this type of movie. An animated film, perhaps. Um, I'm not a movie maker. I apologize. But here's a little bit about Strays. An abandoned dog teams up with other Strays to get revenge on his former owner. And that's what Strays is all about. Josh Greenbaum directs this thing. And let me warn you, this sounds like a cute little movie with two guys that are pretty famous, Will Ferrell and Jamie Foxx. This is an R-rated movie, Strays. And I was trying to play y'all a clip from it. The official trailer for Strays actually has some very vulgar words of which I can't play on the y'all show. So I'm a little disappointed that what this movie probably could have been and been a huge hit for adults and kids alike if it's truly that kind of movie. At least from its promotional material. This is not a family-friendly movie. This was more of a date night movie, perhaps. Again, Strays, how a abandoned dog teams up with other strays to get revenge on their former owner and Will Ferrell, Jamie Foxx, part of this new movie out this weekend that's a comedy for sure. Now, Jamie Foxx, the Terrell, Texas native, has been in the news a good bit here lately as he's had so many health problems and more. And it was just a few weeks back that he went out on social media and it kind of explained what's been going on with him. So in case you missed it, I've got a clip now of Jamie Foxx talking about why he has uh, been off the radar. It's the first time he spoke since his hospitalization. And in this clip, he's going to say how he went to hell and back, kind of like his fellow Texan, Audie Murphy, once did. Here's Jamie Foxx again, who stars in this new movie, Strays, but here's an explanation of his health crisis that he's been going through here in 2023. I didn't want you to see me with a with tubes um, running out of me and and trying to figure out uh, if if I was gonna make it through. And to be honest with you, my uh, my sister Deidre Dixon, my daughter Corinne Marie saved my life. So uh, to them, to God, to a lot of great medical people, uh, I'm able to leave you this. Uh, Video. I love everybody, and I love all of the love that I got. And, man, you know, I know they talk about people crying on videos. You know, you can do take two, but I'm not going to do a take two. This, it is what it is. And if you see me out uh, from now on and every once in a while, I just burst into tears. It's because um, it's been tough, man. I was sick, man, but now... I got my legs uh, under me, so you're going to see me out. That's Jamie Foxx, and he goes on there with more on his Instagram post, and that can be found in its entirety at I am Jamie Fox. That's his social media account. And, yes, Jamie Foxx, his last name is F-O-X-X. Got two X's on the end, but he recently put that out after he'd been in Texas, kind of off the radar for a while, and hospitalized, too, as he said, he went to hell and back. And still don't really know what in the world he went through, but he went through, I just said it, hell. 
But he's back, or at least he's indicating that he's back, and he has a good reason to be back. I'm real interested to know if there was a Hollywood premiere of this new movie, Strays, that he attended somewhere. I haven't seen the photos. I'd like to see him and Will Ferrell hanging out somewhere together. And I'm a little bit old-fashioned here. I know that this movie's build strays with Will Ferrell and Jamie Foxx, but it's really their voices that you hear in this daggum thing. And so many of these movies now coming out of Hollywood are just these actors' voices, and I, I just don't think that's quite the same as them being right there in front of the camera the whole daggum time. That's acting. And and starring in these movies like Strays, is, is it's, it's almost like cheating. Maybe I'm jealous. Maybe Hollywood hasn't heard my voice or your voice either, and it would be neat for them to give a couple of their million dollars that they give people like this for just reading a couple of lines for a movie. Eh, spread the wealth here, Hollywood. Give us a little love out here in the southeast with some of these film roles but jamie fox good to see him back up and going and and you know in that clip that we just played he credited his daughter and he credited his sister with his survival and that was a humble and honorable thing for this texas native to do and his sister as far as i know is not a celebrity i think she he said her last name was dixon and some of these celebrities, we think that they have everything at their disposal. But oftentimes, really, when it comes down to it, they're on an island. And sometimes that island doesn't include their longtime family members. They've alienated family members because of their great wealth and great fame. But it looks like this guy, Jamie Foxx, has kept his family, at least the sister, close by. And in a time where he needed her most... She came through and made a difference, saved his life. And then his, his daughter also credited. I think she's done a little acting, his, his daughter. I, I, in fact, I know she has. And I think she's out west, outside of Texas now. Maybe she's in Vegas or Los Angeles doing some acting work. But he, he gave her proper credit to... We're just glad that Jamie Foxx is back. And again, the new movie that he and Will Ferrell's voices are in is out in theaters this weekend. It is called Strays. That wraps up hour two of y'all. When we come back, we got our Friday free for y'all. We got some Ronnie McDowell music. The King is Gone in honor of Elvis Week. That plus a look at the Samford Bulldogs of the SOCON as they're getting ready for the 2023 football season in Birmingham. All that is coming right up. Time for a little party here on the Y'all Show when we kick this last hour of our Southern fun off with a little David Lee Murphy. She couldn't keep from crying when she told me goodbye. Well, I know, Lord, it was breaking her heart that she was breaking mine. So for the sake of her feelings and the sake of my pride, I told her not to worry about me. I'm sitting here soaking up the neon lights Misery looking for some company And tonight I'm looking for a party cry Slamming it back and laughing out loud with the smoke so 
play a little party crowd to get that weekend vibe a-going. And you know what? It's even better if you can help me sing along to that weekend vibe. So it's not going to hurt. Let me, let me hear y'all. Smoke so thick, the blues can't hang around. Da-da-da-da, where the jukebox jumping like it just don't care if they're dancing over here. Are fighting over there, I'm making the rounds and looking for a party crowd. Now, ladder, looking for a party crowd, slamming them back and laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick, the blues can't hang around. Ba da da da, with the juice. Jumping like it just don't care if they're dancing over here. Fighting over there, I'm making the rounds. And we're back on the Y'all Show. Yes, a little David Lee Murphy music always puts, at least for this guy, a smile on the old face. And we're excited about the weekend being here. We love it, we love it, we love it. Unfortunately, we only have a couple of more weekends of summer. And then we got fall and back to school. And then we're going to have to start raking the yard. And then we're going to have to start putting up Christmas decorations. Now, I should probably start lifting my voice up with enthusiasm because for some of you, that's pretty exciting stuff. I just don't like to see the the old calendar turn so quickly. Let's slow this thing down just, just a little bit, can't we? Please? Pretty please? <laughs> All right, let's move on now as we do have the calendar on the wall and it does show us that we're now past the midway point of the month of August but it also represents that we are two days now past the anniversary of the death of the king of rock and roll Elvis Presley it was Elvis week in Memphis this week and Elvis week is the annual celebration if you will of the life of Elvis who passed away back in 1977 on this unfortunate August 16th date as he died at age 42 in the Bluff City. 
And it was a tragic thing when Elvis Presley died in 1977. People went to Graceland. They had vigils. They, that's where this whole candlelight vigil got going was that very first year. And it became a real scene. I, I wasn't in Memphis. Our Taco Polo storyteller, he ended up going to Graceland when that happened. And he's talked about it before. Probably need to get him to talk about it again. He's told me a lot about what happened there in the hours just after finding out about Elvis dying. Most everybody can tell you exactly where they were in 1977 if they were alive. I barely remember it, but I do. I remember exactly where I was on that August date. I'm actually surprised, now that I think about it, that I was not back in school. But I guess August 16th, that particular time period of the 1970s, kids weren't, at least where I was living, in school then. They, they are now. They would have already been in school two weeks on August 16th in most places uh, of the South, in, in my estimation of school districts' calendars. <laughs> but it was 1977 that we lost Elvis Presley. And there was a guy who, in 1977, he would have been roughly 27 years old. He's a guy who was really inspired by Elvis his entire early years. And the death of Elvis was a shock to him. And he's a guy who had been thinking about music, maybe looking to do a little music, but for whatever reason... It just hadn't happened yet. And this guy was from just north of Nashville. He was from Portland, Tennessee, which is atop the ridge there if you're heading north out of Nashville toward Louisville and Bowling Green, just north of, I guess, is Portland and Sumner County? Yeah, it's in both Sumner and Robertson County in Middle Tennessee. Springfield would be the county seat of Robertson County. But Ronnie McDowell was from Portland. And, you know, that's a long way from Memphis, but it's right down the road from that Nashville. And so, for whatever strange reason, Elvis's death really hit him in a way it hit no other. And so, just days after that death, Ronnie McDowell, who had served in the Navy for a couple of years aboard the USS Hancock and USS Kitty Hawk, he had got out of the Navy. He was back in Tennessee. And he decided to go out and cut a song. And he did exactly that as a tribute to Elvis Presley. And that song was The King Is Gone. I'm going to play The King Is Gone in just a moment. And this would be Ronnie McDowell's entry into country music was the tribute to Elvis Presley that came out in 1977. This song would go to number 13 on the chart. A song that Ronnie wrote with Lee Morgan on the Scorpion record label is where this came out. And Ronnie would follow this song up with a song called I Love You, I Love You, I Love You. That went to number 5 on the chart. But then Ronnie would kind of go into a cave for several years and didn't have any big hits. It wasn't until Wandering Eyes came out in early 1981 that he ended up having a string of big hits in country music throughout the early and mid-1980s. Songs like Older Women. I love that song. Older Women Make Beautiful Lovers. Yeah. 
Is that true? Is that true? Let me know. <laughs> he also had the song Watching Girls Go By, personally, and then You're Gonna Ruin My Bad Reputation. His last big hit was It's Only Make Believe, a, a duet he did with Conway Twitty back in 1988, the year for that one. But love Ronnie McDowell, just a cool guy, great, fun guy to be around if you ever have a chance and got his career going only because of the death of Elvis Presley in 1977. So there's another guy just down the road from Portland, Ronnie McDowell's hometown, that has a heck of a deal going himself. He also inspired by Elvis Presley. And that guy is the spa guy. So in Hendersonville, Tennessee, you will find a business there owned by a North Carolina native named Billy Stallings. And he goes and puts hot tubs throughout Middle Tennessee. <laughs> and it's a very successful business. But Billy Stallings, the the hot tub guy, also known as the spa guy, loves Elvis Presley. And so many years ago, Billy, whose business actually might be in Gallatin instead of Hendersonville, they're all kind of right there together in Sumner County. Billy decided to start his own YouTube channel called The Spa Guy. And I don't know how in the heck I found it, but I did. And in fact, in the midst of COVID, I had a binge session of watching Spa Guy videos for a while. And I don't even fancy myself as a big Elvis person. I respect Elvis Presley. I like a couple of his songs, but I don't really get into all the... I've never seen an Elvis movie. And I just... I wouldn't go out of my way to buy a record of his and I never saw him in concert so of course that would have been hard to do at my age back in the 70s but I respect Elvis he's a cool kid I mean he really was the Tupelo kid and so this spa guy has these YouTube videos where he goes and finds some of the most interesting and little known things about Elvis and the people around the whole Elvis community and he does these very raw but very informative and educational and fun videos on YouTube about things. And he loves to like go to a place that Elvis might have been and show pictures from 19-whatever-year it was Elvis would have been there compared to what it looks like now. Compare, contrast. One of the really cool videos I watched was there off of Poplar in Memphis where Elvis got off a train after his first trip out to California and he appeared on one of the TV shows out there and then came back to Memphis and he he kind of got off the train in East Memphis and ended up walking for a while I think and this guy also went to some of those early Elvis homes in Memphis and filmed those he does a video where he goes inside the childhood home of Elvis when they lived in the Birmingham Courts area, I believe that's what it was called, when he and his mom and dad lived there prior to him joining the Army. And they go in there, and actually, Billy stayed in the Elvis childhood home. And you got to see up close and personal some of the effects that could have been there when Elvis was alive. Just really awesome YouTube channel that Billy Stallings has there. The Spa Guy. So... I want to tell you now about an interview that the spa guy did with Elvis, I'm, I'm sorry, with 
Elvis's. Uh, I think Ronnie McDowell might even be one of the official Elvis, not necessarily impersonators, but he's officially kind of sanctioned by Graceland, I, I think, because of his longtime connection to, to the king. And so the spa guy on his channel caught up with Ronnie McDowell not long ago, and I'm going to go in and let you hear a little bit about Ronnie McDowell talking to the spa guy about the song The King Is Gone, of which I'm about to play that one as soon as Spa Guy gets finished doing his thing there. Again, check out Spa Guy's YouTube channel. Spa Guy, it's got over 100,000 subscribers. He does a heck of a job. Really need to get him on the Y'all Show sometime. But here's Ronnie McDowell talking about The King Is Gone on the Spa Guy's YouTube channel. I had no earthly idea when I recorded The King Is Gone that at uh, Studio 19 Music City Recorders that Scotty Moore owned the studio. Now, that's a twist of irony, is it not? Indeed it is. And so the next morning, I flew down to Nashville, didn't sleep at all, because I wrote hot checks to pay for the studio, the tape, everything. It was $2,800. I had $40 in my name. And Lee Morgan, who helped me write the song, he walked out and said, you're going to have to pay for this. He just walked out. I had to, I wrote hot checks for the musicians, for the tape, for the studio. You know how much money that was? I mean, my That's heart... That's go-to-jail money. My heart froze. Time. So I slept with that tape, and I flew down to Monument Studios, which is still there, in the little triangle, where Scotty had his tape business. And I was sitting on the steps, those iron steps. I went by there last weekend. They're still there. And, and here come Gail. Unbeknownst to me, I didn't know Gail was Scotty's girlfriend, and I'd been knowing her for years. And she never told me that. And so she said, Ronnie, what are you doing here? And I said, Gail, I want eight acetates made of this song. She said, what you got? And I said, I think I got a hit. And so she made me eight acetates. I wrote hot checks for those two. <laughs> and I went out to Weno Radio, little AM station in Madison. Why well, I went there. Now, another twist of irony half a mile from Colonel Tom Parker's house. So I walked in and I said, would you play this? And this girl goes, well, we just don't do that off the street. And I said, well, it's about Elvis. Elvis' emotion was so high, she took it back to the DJ and there was a glass wall. I could tell he put that needle down on that turntable with that acetate. And he went like this, come here. And I went there and he said, you stand right here. I'm gonna play this, see if you get any reaction. And I was like, wow, thank you. It hadn't got a fourth into it, and all of his phone lines lit up, and he goes, something's wrong with my phone. He goes, okay, okay, and he goes, man, this song ain't even over, and they want to hear it again. And he never, he had to play it till I left there three hours later. Channel 5 come out, put me on the 5 o'clock news. It exploded. It was un, it was like a movie. And then I went to the big rock station here in town. When I left there, I told them that story. And there was three guys in the hallway, and he looked at the acetate. He went inside this little sound room. I could tell he was going to listen to it. And he did the same thing. He said, come here. He said, we're going to play this. Number one rock station. And he came back out three minutes later, and he goes, you have jogged our phone lines, jammed them totally. He said, you've got a smash. And that was it. Sold a million records in a week. Two weeks later, I was on American Bandstand, and Dick Clark and I became friends until he passed away. 
How about that? Some of the backstory of the King is gone, and and that that is just what music is all about, y'all. The unbelievable connections. How about Ronnie McDowell going in and recording that song in a in a, a studio that Scotty owned in Nashville, and then having that record play for the first time at a radio station in Madison, Tennessee, just north of Nashville, a half a mile away from where Colonel Tom Parker lived. Uh, you just can't make this stuff up, y'all. And Ronnie McDowell used his hot checks to launch his music career. What a story. Thank you, Spa Guy. And go check out the video in its entirety at Spa Guy's YouTube channel, Spa Guy, and watch. You'll get caught up. You'll do exactly what I've done. You'll just start watching all these Elvis videos. In fact, I'm going to pull up just as a courtesy of Spa Guy. I'm going to pull up some of the most recent Spa Guy videos just to give you an idea of the variety of stuff he covers, okay? So, just a day ago, Spa Guy put up a video, Memphis Big Cypress Lodge Room and Room Service Inside of Bass Pro Shop. I don't know what that's got to do with Elvis, but I'm sure it has something to do there. The next video he's got is The Beauty Shop Restaurant Priscilla Presley Hairdressers. Sounds like he might have found the people that used to cut Priscilla's hair <laughs> right there. And then he's got another video. Elvis Presley's home burned in Memphis at 2414 Lamar set on fire just before Elvis Week 2020. I didn't know this. Have y'all heard about this? Elvis's 2414 Lamar house set on fire. And you can go to the Spa Guys YouTube channel and see a lot more. He just posted this last week. Like I said, this guy who doesn't even live in Memphis does one heck of a job covering all things Elvis in a, in a really neat way. In fact, a lot of Elvis's direct connections appear on some of Spa Guys' videos. People like Linda Thompson, I've seen him interview her. Her brother, who was Elvis's uh, bodyguard, so to speak, and ended up being involved in the legal career and law enforcement community of, of Memphis and more. All that at the Spa Guy channel. But back to Ronnie McDowell real quick before we wrap up this Friday Free for Y'all here on the Y'all Show. Ronnie McDowell had this song that, again, he wrote hot checks for in 1977. The King is Gone. What a story. Happy to play it here as we remember the loss of Elvis Presley in 1977 this week. The King is Gone. A true classic. I was barely six years old when I first heard him sing. And somehow I knew from that moment on that it would be a lifetime thing. And I'd stand in front of a mirror day and night. And I'd listen to every one of his records. And, and I'd repeat every word and every note until I finally got it right and I was determined that I'd wait for the day that I could stand and sing in front of an audience and maybe someone would come up to me and say you know you sound just like Elvis there was a man who gave the world a song and the world stood still to hear him sing 
a simple man He took his faith alone While all the world proclaimed him king Now the king is gone And oh, what a rain And the crown on his head Will remain From a working man To royalty To everlasting fame The king is gone Yeah, the king is gone With long live his name There was a man Tasted sweet success But still gave his hand To help a friend A loving man Who shared his happiness Now the king is gone But there was a man Now the king is gone And oh, what a rain And the crown on his head All will remain From a working man To royalty To everlasting fame The king is gone Yeah, the king is gone Long in his name Yeah, the king is gone The King is Gone from Ronnie McDowell, Portland, Tennessee's own, and a tribute to Elvis Presley. That song came out in 1977, just weeks after the passing of the King of Rock and Roll. Y'all don't be jamming up these phone lines here at the Y'all Show. I'm not going to play that song again, although eh, maybe I'll think about it. Just like in 1977 when Ronnie McDowell said when he debuted that song, the, the lines lit up. But we're happy to play Ronnie McDowell and that song there in honor of Elvis Week as we lost Elvis in 1977 back on August 16th of that year. The King is Gone. Thank you to Ronnie McDowell for a great song. And thank you to Spa Guy. That would be Billy Stallings for a great YouTube video channel that has given us the opportunity to hear a little bit more of the backstory of The King is Gone. All that is part of our Friday Free for Y'all on the Y'all Show. All right, when we come back on Y'all, we've got hashtag hullabaloo. And before we get out of here today, we've got a salute to the 2023 Samford Bulldogs of Samford University in Birmingham. As they get ready for their SOCON title-defending season, we'll have all that fun coming up right here on the show all about the Southeast. If you want to get involved, you can drop us an email, M-A-I-L, mail at Y-A-L-L.com. And the Y'all Show will be right back. Well, I have given up on that song playing there. We're back on the Y'all Show, and this is time now for Hashtag Hullabaloo on our program all about the southeast where we go on social media and find some good stuff out there for you and we start off today with a x that's what it's called now it used to be a tweet i guess it's called an x i just made that up but 
that the name of the company is called X. Karen Espinosa is on social media at Karen Espinosa WR. She is an associate broker. That's what her profile list. And Karen has put a tweet, or should I say X, out that says, Brighten up your backyard and make it look more appealing. Adding color can help you sell your home faster and for more money. And she's a realtor in the Warner Robins, Georgia area. And it looks like she's got a backyard full of beautiful Georgia flowers. I think those are azaleas, but I don't even know if I'm not a green thumb. I apologize. I'm not sure when azaleas actually bloom. That shows my ignorance. I know they bloom in April and May, but are they still somewhat blooming now? I don't don't think they are. If it's not a azalea that's there on your at Karen Espinosa WR account, it's something that sure looks like an azalea. It's pretty. I'll tell you that, Karen. You got a great-looking flower there in that backyard. And Karen is a realtor. So her point of saying this is that if you are trying to sell your home and you have the ability to time your flowers in your yard just right, boy, that will make that house sell a lot quicker if you've got that beautiful yard full of blooming flowers I think I would pay extra for a house if it looked that pretty because as a homeowner if you can help it you probably don't want to spend the next couple of years after you buy a home constantly trying to improve your home that would be a pain in the neck and I'm sure for many of you that is exactly what you've had to do the two homes that I bought I bought older homes and luckily I think one of them was very well landscaped and the other one seems like we definitely added to it and it, it improved the value of the home I, I I can pat myself on the back and say that I made a, a fair chunk of change on both sales of those houses I wish I had both of them back now but I don't but you know what the point is here from Karen whether you're selling right now or you're thinking about selling get that yard in place get that yard looking spotless and have a beautiful backyard having a lawn that is a lawn that stands out and could be garden or yard of the month and maybe you've got a garden there too if you've got that yard of the month potential that house is going to sell and it's going to sell for a lot of change so thank you Karen Espinosa for your work in Warner Robins and around Robbins Air Force Base as you have brought up a very good point of flowers and real estate. Up next we go to Courtney Mack and Courtney Mack on social media is at Riding Wings 484. Courtney Mack, a fantasy dystopian with a little spice writer, a mom of two, a wife and a lover of classic novels. And Courtney Mack has put out a tweet that says, looking for a name for a, okay, looking for a name for an MC, don't know what that is, for my Southern Gothic, goth main character, okay, looking for a name for a main character for my Southern Gothic mystery novel, suggestions are welcome, but here are my top three, note, last name will be Talbot, so this is a lady who's a writer that needs a little help. 
So let's help out Courtney as she's trying to come up with the main character for her Southern Gothic mystery novel. So here are the top three that she's come up with. Again, the last name's going to be Talbot. Her top three Southern names, Hattie Marie, Georgie Ann, and Sadie Ray, all with the last name Talbot. So let me go back and read it in its entirety what the name options would sound like. Hattie Marie Talbot. I I like that. Next up, Georgie, not Georgia, but Georgie with an E on the end. Georgie Ann Talbot. Georgie Ann. Georgie Ann Talbot, come on over here. That one's all right. I still like Hattie Marie a little bit better, personally. And then the last one, Sadie Ray. Sadie Ray Talbot. That one's a little bit too southern, too too syrupy, in my opinion. But maybe you love it. And that's great, if you'd like it. But those are your three choices that she's trying to go through and and look at uh, as possibilities for a main character. Hattie Marie, Georgie Ann, and Sadie Ray Talbot are those the best choices for this writer as she's trying to come up with a main character. How about all of our people across the South? This is not some superstar writing out here, Courtney Mack. She's just a simple fantasy dystopian with a little bit of writing to her fun and she's a mom of two and a wife she says and she loves classic novels and she's writing one right now it looks like and she needs a little help and she has no shame she's gone on social media and she's asking for some hip so y'all help her out if you get the opportunity up next we're going to take you to Bob Sykes Barbecue it is in Alabama and Bob Sykes Barbecue has put a X out that says at Sykes Barbecue, by the way, is the account at Sykes BBQ. Sykes Barbecue, a family owned local tradition since 1957, cooking Alabama barbecue from the pit to the plate. And they're open Monday through Saturday, 1030 to 9. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know where they're located because they don't have, uh, they're in Bessemer. Okay, that's where they're located in the Birmingham suburb of Bessemer, Alabama. Bob Sykes Barbecue, their hours, as I said, 1030 to 9, closed Sundays. They have a dine-in, a drive-thru. You can order online. You can take out. And their website, bobsykes.m.takeout7.com. Just Google Bob Sykes Barbecue. I think you'll be better off. I cannot vouch for this place. I've not had Bob Sykes Barbecue in Bessemer. But I'm through that area quite a bit. I'm going to put it down. I'm going to scratch out Full Moon Barbecue and the other Birmingham eateries like Dreamland, and I'm adding Bob Sykes on my next trip to the Magic City. I'm going to have to head on over to Bessemer and check out this pit-to-plate option, Bob Sykes Barbecue. And thank you for posting it on World Wide Web, the, the interwebs, letting us know about your business. It's as simple as that. Yes, that was a blatant promotional tool by somebody with them to try to be seen and heard but you know what we heard we heard it right here at the y'all show and we are proud to tell you about this bessemer barbecue joint on the y'all show that wraps up hashtag huddle we still have birmingham on our mind when we come back on y'all you hang tight because we're going to take you from bessemer 
where Bob Sykes is located, over to Homewood, where Samford University is located, and we're going to talk about Chris Hatcher's Bulldog football team as they look to defend their SOCON title as Samford last year won the Southern Conference for the first time, and it was the first conference championship they had crowned there for that university since the 1930s. So way to go, red and blue Bulldogs of Sanford. We're going to walk through their 2023 schedule and tell you more about this FCS, what looks like a powerhouse in the making that we have with the Samford Bulldogs of the Southern Conference. That's coming right up here on y'all as we'll use that to close out our show. We're on a tour of Southern College football teams, and we're going to go to the little guys today as we've got the FCS's Sanford Bulldogs up on our tour. That's next on y'all. Go Bulldogs! on there of the Sanford Bulldogs out of Homewood in the Birmingham area of Alabama. The Sanford Bulldogs won the Southern Conference in 2022, their first conference title in the Southern Conference, the first conference title Sanford University has had since the 1930s when they were Howard College there in Birmingham, Alabama. We're on our tour across the South getting you ready for the start of college football. And yes, we generally have the ACC and SEC schools featured, but why not give a little love to Samford, the Bulldogs, the school that provided us with Bobby Bowden, and also the school of Jimbo Fisher. He played quarterback for Samford back in the day. So many great athletes have come out of Samford University, the home of the Cumberland Cumberland University School of Law is at Samford University. So it's got a law school. It's just a beautiful campus just to the south of downtown Birmingham. And today, as we get you ready for the start of season of this new season, why not feature a little guy? And that's why we're featuring the FCS's Sanford Bulldogs of the SOCON. Sanford starts their season actually right here in the month of August. August 31st, they play shorter there at Seabrook Stadium in Birmingham. Then they'll be on the road with a SOCON opener. They'll be in Cullowee taking on the Western Carolina Catamounts on September 9th. Then their big money game of the year is against the Auburn Tigers, and that game will be on the Plains on September 16th. They'll be at home against the Chattanooga Mocs as UTC comes over for family weekend September 23rd. ETSU is the opponent in Birmingham on September 30th. They'll be in Spartanburg taking on the Walford Terriers on October 7th. They'll be back at home in in the home one area taking on the Furman Paladins on October 14th. Another SOCON game as they've got the back-to-back contest with the military schools of the SOCON. They'll be in Lexington, Virginia taking on Virginia Military Institute on October 21st. That's when VMI and Sanford get together. Then homecoming, which is a big tradition there on the Homewood campus. The Citadel Bulldogs will be the opponent for Sanford on October 28th. 
Sanford then will be on the road in Macon against the Mercer Bears November 11th, and then they'll go out of conference as the Skyhawks of UT Martin will be the opponent there at Seabird Stadium to close out the regular season on November 18th. Sanford Bulldog football, which last year had one heck of a season. As I said, they won their Southern Conference. Their final record was 11-2. They were undefeated in SoCon play. They went 8-0. They played the Georgia Bulldogs. They lost to Georgia 33-0, but still a respectable game there between the hedges. And then that last game they had was in the playoffs where they lost to North Dakota State 27-9. They actually got a big victory in the opening round of the FCS playoffs. They beat Southeastern Louisiana, but in the quarterfinal game against the Bison they lost that game and the magical season came to an end but trying to improve upon a big 11-2 season is Chris Hatcher and the dogs coach Hatcher had a press conference this week getting everybody ready for the 2023 Sanford Bulldog season let's go to Homewood and hear from this coach who came over several years back from Valdosta State to lead the Sanford Bulldogs you know we're, we're going um, about camp as business as usual um, really working hard at our fundamentals we believe that good fundamentals equal good execution the biggest challenge we have for coaches and our staff right now is that we have a lot of new faces um, some of them were here during the spring some arrived in the summer for us to be able to find out what they do well and put them in the right positions to make this team successful where they can be big contributors um, to our football team so that's what we're working on now um, spirits are high um, we're undefeated um, we're excited about the upcoming season but we do have a lot of work um, to get done before um, opportunity one um, arrives here in a few weeks and that's the head coach of the Sanford Bulldogs Chris Hatcher the 50 year old Macon Georgia native who is the father of let's see two daughters no he's got a son and a daughter I apologize Ty and Tally are his two daughters that he shares with wife Laurie Hatcher and he was the head coach at Valdosta State for a number of years before becoming actually he was at one time the head coach of the Murray State Racers of the OVC and then he was Georgia Southern's coach I'd forgot about his background before Valdosta State Murray State head coach Valdosta State Georgia State and then he got to be the head coach of Sanford starting in the 2015 season and he's done a heck of a job thus far leading this Bulldog football team as they get ready to defend that Southern Conference title in FCS football. Now, a little bit more about the traditions that one will find if they head to Homewood and check out a Sanford University football game. I've been to many games there on that Homewood campus, and usually it's just a beautiful, beautiful scene with the hills of the Birmingham area there in the background. And I've been there for their homecoming, which is a big tradition there at Sanford where the classes and fraternities and more it looks like I think they got fraternities. I, I may be wrong. This is a Baptist school, by the way. Maybe they don't have fraternities now that I think about it. But this school started at the end of the Civil War as Howard College and ended up moving to its Homewood campus some 50, 60 years back. And homecoming is a great opportunity for the various classes to gather the colors of Sanford are crimson and blue, and that is a longtime tradition. Rascal Day is a tradition there at the school that involves the Cumberland School of Law, faculty, and more. As a symbol of pride and campus unity, the Sanford victory flag is posted in the 
Talbert Circle to celebrate, I think, victories there and more of Samford, the victory flag. And then one of the great things they've got there on campus is the Bobby Bowden statue. That's just outside of Seabird Stadium. They put that up a few years ago to honor one of their most famous alums and former Florida State champion coach, Bobby Bowden. So it's just a, if you ever are in the Birmingham area, check out Sanford. It's a cool little small college here in the South with a proud history. And they've got a very good football team lined up for 2023 under the direction of the veteran coach, Chris Hatcher. And we're proud to show off this team. Speaking of a opponent of Sanford this year, they're going to be playing the Auburn Tigers in that third week of the season and some news out of the Plains Michigan State transfer quarterback Peyton Thorne has won the starting job at Auburn and he'll be going up against the Sanford Bulldogs on September the 16th this year when Auburn and their in-state foe Sanford get together on the Plains so some news from Hugh Freeze's coaching tenure there in Auburn with Peyton Thorne the Michigan State transfer going to be the starting QB it appears for the War Eagle Plainsmen. On this Friday, in NFL preseason action, the Panthers and Giants get together, and they'll be doing that at MetLife Stadium. The Bengals and Falcons have a preseason game in prime time in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. A whole host of preseason games Saturday. Got one game Sunday that you can check out on the NFL Network Saints and Chargers. And then there's a Monday night preseason game, Ravens and the Washington Redskin Commanders from FedEx Field primetime Monday on ESPN. You can see that. And that will put a wrap on the Y'all Show here for this Friday. It'll put a wrap on the Y'all Show for this entire week. We thank you so much for listening. We'll have five more colleges that we spotlight coming up on the shows throughout next week as we get you ready for the start of college football. We'll be on our tour throughout five more schools. We'll have great conversation and a great time here on the show that's all about the South. We are y'all. John Rawl signing off. Have a wonderful weekend.